on this episode of the Fifth Estate podcast. Uh, talk about the continuing ambulance crisis in Victoria, um, countdowns on to the general state election, and another neobank bites the dust. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Good evening, Victoria, and welcome to this, what is it, episode 52 of the Fifth Estate Podcast. Um, I'd start this episode talking about another neobank that has bitten the dust. Uh, so uh, for those who don't know, neobanks were or supposed to be uh, a disruptor to the traditional banking thing, so they have a solely online presence. Uh, and you know everything's done online through apps on your phone and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the first one was uh, Zinja, uh, X-I-N-J-A, uh, that was given a banking license. They uh, folded last year, I think it was. Uh, Vault is the one that has uh, given notice to their customers today that they're going to hand back their license. And the other one, 86400, uh, has which was a, a collaboration from uh, the National Bank and something like that, has uh, merged or, or uh, merged with UBank, uh, which is a subsidiary of the National Bank, National Australia Bank, and yeah, that's what they're going to become now known as uh, UBank. So yeah, it, it, it's it's an interesting time for uh, that now. Um, I think they could have made it, um, despite the, the the you know what the experts are going to say and everything like that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to think it was more along the lines of um, uh, potential. Um, you know, like all businesses, they have too many people in high powered positions, uh, high paid positions, and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think there is uh, definitely a market for neobanks, uh, though, I mean, you have a look at the uh, majority of the, the traditional banks now have uh, an online-only product, uh, you know, in, in their mix somewhere along the lines. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, yeah, it's... It, I think it, it's one of those things. I mean, you, you can't claim... It's a market or anything like that, um, because you know there there is is a need for it because people took it on. I think that it's um, yeah, as I said, it, it, it's just one of those things that maybe that they tried to get too big too quick, uh, and then obviously the low interest rates didn't help it any um, you know that much either. Uh, but yeah, it, it's. I don't know. I would have liked to have seen them hung around a bit. Um, I think Zinja, uh, that was I was a customer, Zinja customer. Um, a bit disappointed when that went down because I like their products uh, and, and all that sort of stuff. A bit disappointed with Vault because Vault never had. Uh, it was more of a savings bank, uh, and so of course, you know, if you're just putting money in, you know, no one's going to put a big load of money in if they can't spend it, uh, and that's what 
you know, these uh, neobanks would have set these neobanks apart. They could have charged, uh, which some of them did, charge the higher higher interest rate to keep money in and maintain uh, minimum deposits and all that sort of stuff uh, for that. So they could have kept along with that. Though, you know, I, I think, yeah, maybe they, you know, went to try and get a little bit too big, um, too quick and, you know, spread out too much. I mean, Vault... Uh, hang on, let me have a look at the app now. Uh, you know, it, it just had something that it was just a, a, a savings account. Uh, there wasn't, you know, they could have gone past the uh, a bit of, of issuing a, an actual card and just had it hooked up to the, you know, your, your smartphone wallet and done it that way, uh, except that they didn't do that. For some reason, they, you know, they just kept it as a, as a savings account. Uh, which was disappointing. Um, up, up's a neo bank as well, I think. Um, who's up partnered with? Um, okay, up. Uh, where's their about us page? Uh, do, 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 do. Savers, home savers, blah. There we go. About us. Page is loading. Oh, no, I've got to scroll down. Um, Okay, so partner with Bendigo Bank and Ferocia, whoever Ferocia are. Um, Software. There you go. Software company. Uh, so, yeah, so, you know, can't even say that because Up's uh, part of Bendigo Bank. Um, and then Revolut is a UK bank, so it's not, you know, traditionally, in its traditional sense, Neo Bank. Um, hey, sorry, I'm going through my phone because I've, you know, uh, tried all this stuff, uh, you know, always have to have the, the, uh, new products, hey, bank. Let's see about them. Uh, hello, hey, traditional bank cards. Blah. Oh, yeah, they've got a card that breaks down. Um, uh, 85% biodegradable. So there you go. Jeez, these pages. I don't know, see? Haybank has... I don't think that they're part of a bigger one because they've got their own AFCL. uh, AFSL. Um, Who, who, who... No, can't find. Product disclosure? Financial services guide. Um, Which is not a bank account.
Heritage. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, um, it says, hey, client monies are held with National Australia Bank Limited and Cusco Limited for direct entry. NPP and BPAY pay settlement. Heritage Bank Limited hold client monies for visa and international settlement purposes. So I think Hay was a neo bank. Um, so, you know, I as I said, I used that one. Uh, also used uh, 86400 uh, as well as uh, the U Bank itself, which was a, a partnership with the NAB uh for that so anyway we'll skip that won't worry about reading that too much uh but yeah anyway going back to the original thing yeah it's a bit disappointing that uh it was you know yeah could have could have could have been more um it said that uh in Volt's case it had uh, about $100 million in deposits and a mortgage book of roughly the same size. But to get to scale, Vault needed $200 million in additional capital this year. Tough ask in a market that is shredded technology stocks. Oh, that has shredded technology stocks. It failed to raise those funds, which would have been only the tip of the capital iceberg. Weston said even had this round of funding been successful, it would have needed to back up an additional $1 billion plus over the next few years. So... That, could they have done it if they had have, um, you know, gone into having a uh, a card? Uh, because you know, as in a, a transaction account, and played the money market that way. Uh, who knows? Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it, it's it's just interesting um, and disappointing. Uh, you know. I, Australian market's really ready for it. Uh, but anyway, you know what? As they say down here a lot, uh, it is what it is. But uh, you know what? Yeah, so uh, we'll just have to wait and see if something comes up from that one. Um, I think maybe when we come out the other side of this uh, recession, depression or whatever it is that we're heading into, uh, it'll be you know, potentially a good chance for the new bank to... Um, come into play. But anyway, uh, moving right along. Uh, it's been coming into play. What have we got? Uh, that's it. 150 days until the Victorian state election. Now, according to 10 News, uh, something they post on Twitter, Premier Daniel Andrews and the Labor Party will look to regain uh, retain power against the Liberals and its leader, Matthew Guy, on November 26. Um, how can they do that? Like, really, how does the Liberal Party expect to uh, kick out the Andrews regime when Matthew Guy literally has half of Victoria blocked? Um, So, yeah, but, yeah, I I think it's one of those things that it's too close to the election for, uh, for the Liberal Party to kick him out because the... Labor Party, despite uh, all, you know, what is it, four of their senior ministers quitting and a whole new, uh, essentially a new cabinet or an experienced cabinet coming in and then uh, four of them coming down with the woo flu. Uh, I think if they change leaders this close, that uh, that would end up just being a distraction. Though, that being said, I sadly think, I think that they're going to cop a drumming. Um, drumming? Rubbing, anyway, whatever it is, um, I think they'll come close to being wiped out. Uh, 
uh, because we've seen how it went on the federal scale. Uh, if there's no difference, essentially no difference between Labor Party and Liberal Party, people are just going to vote for the Labor Party because, you know, why go for Labor Light? Why not just go for the ones that you know are going to fuck things up and, and push the socialist agenda, which is, you know, what the Labor Party is going to do. Going to do. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. Uh, so, sadly, I, I think he will be able to form government uh, he, you know, the Supreme Leader Andrews will have the numbers in the lower house. So all we can hope for is that he faces a very hostile upper house. Um, also, do hope that both parties get wiped out. Uh, that uh, we have more uh, genuine independent parties that aren't going to be like the, the Watermelons, um, Reason, and Animal Justice Party, where they just side with Labor any chance that they can get because hey, they're going to get you know, kickbacks in, in the budget and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, let, let's hope that uh, he does have a very hostile crossbench and makes it really hard. And, and that's the thing. I'd, I'd really like to see the uh, upper house that he doesn't control attempt to block supply, you know. Just tell him we're not going to pass appropriation bills and see what happens because there's no... Uh, there's there's no scope in the constitution in the Victorian constitution for the governor to get rid of him or to dissolve parliament or anything like that. So what happens in that situation? Um, for that, so yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. And I mean, I think it is something that if, if you know if he doesn't control the upper house, that is something that they should look at doing and saying, well, no, we're not going to pass these budgets. And there's going to be shitloads of spending in the budgets. There's going to be a whole lot that is just going to further decimate this state. Uh, you know, we've seen record numbers of people leave the state. As I said, uh, I think it was yesterday's one, is that, you know, if he gets into power, there's going to be a whole lot more people leaving as well. So, uh, you know, let's hope that there is a hostile upper house that won't just rubber stamp everything that he puts through like, you know, like they do now. So, as I said, 150 days to go and we will find out. Now, X come on the rank. Ah, research reveals Victoria's ramping crisis existed before COVID. Uh, this is something from the Herald Sun that has just come out as I'm reading this. A bombshell report says ambulance ramping may be associated with 70 deaths and that issue existed before COVID, debunking claims made by the Andrews government. Uh, so that was just like the, the little subheading bit. Uh, I'm going to have to try and find this. Medical Journal of Australia. I might have a look at that one, see if I can find it. Um, so the article says, uh, ambulance ramping times were rising years before COVID and are associated with a significant increase in patients' risk of dying within the following 30 days. Shocking new Victorian research is revealed. The alarming study shows that ramping, when paramedics are forced to keep caring for patients while stuck in hospital car parks due to bed shortages, may have been associated with 70 preventable deaths in chest pain patients during 2018. The damning research published in the Medical Journal of Australia analysed more than 200,000 people taken to Victorian hospitals via ambulance for non-traumatic chest pain from 2015 to June 30, 2019. It debunks the government's claim that much of the crisis is related to COVID sickness and absenteeism. 
Despite this, the government again tried to blame an unprecedented amount of pressure due to COVID and a spike of influenza cases when questioned about the study. The research found that once patients were ramped for 17 or more minutes, their chances of dying within the next 30 days increased. There were also more likely, oh, they were also more likely to need an ambulance again within this short time frame. Uh, comes as Senior Minister Ben Carroll attempted to partially blame Victorians for the ambulance crisis, saying it was up to them to only call triple zero in emergency situations. His comments came, off, came just a day after Melbourne's health system hit crisis point with an ambulance code red due to a major shortage. Uh, Herald Sun reported on Tuesday that not a single ambulance was available in Melbourne in the early hours of Tuesday morning. So this is what it is with the typical Andrews regime. They can't admit their stuff-ups and they always point the finger at someone else. Uh, Supreme Leader Andrews is the perfect one for that. Uh, you know, he won't take responsibility for anything, always find someone else's, someone else to blame or throw someone under the bus and that is what is happening here. Uh, I'll try and find that one. There we go. People in you with COVID, first, second and third waves. Nah, that's not what I want to watch, want to, watch, want to read. Uh, I'll have a look for it. I'll have a look for it. Anyway, uh, so yes, so what else is there? What have I been ranting about on Twitter today? Um, <laughs> the, the Australian ambassador for... Women and Girls uh, has turned around and said, consequences of climate change can exacerbate the risk of sexual and gender-based violence, especially those facing intersecting forms of discrimination, including Indigenous women and girls. Um, what a load of bullshit. Um, so, yeah, it's it's that. Uh, this is the thing. Uh, so uh, there was a, a shooting, early morning shooting in Epping, um, North of Melbourne, uh, it says, Mel Melbourne's gun violence has erupted this morning after a home in, in the city's north was blasted with bullets in a drive-by shooting. Now, this is the thing I'd like to know is, can someone please tell me how this has happened because Victoria's tough gun laws or Australia's tough gun laws were supposed to stop this happening. Uh, you have a look, Victoria Police, they've got firearm prevention orders, they've got all this sort of bullshit that, that and hoops that people have to jump through to have a legal firearm, yet it didn't stop this. So, you know, is it time to admit that all your bullshit firearm laws and gun laws and registration and waiting periods and all that sort of crap only apply to and impact those who are going to abide by the rules and who are law-abiding? Um, so what's the point in it? You know, it hasn't made that house any safer. Uh, it hasn't made the potential victims, uh, either the ones in the house or if there was an unfortunate person just happened to walk part down the street, um, you know, going for a little morning rog or rog, rot jog uh, or, or walking the dog or anything like that, uh, that, that could have been, you know, a, a victim there, wouldn't have done anything. So I think it's, it's time for Victoria and Australia to just acknowledge that gun laws do nothing to prevent gun crime, all they do is make it harder for those who want to obey the law to, you know, do whatever it is that, you know, have, enjoy this, uh, you know, legal hobby. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's 
I think it's it's time that, as I said before, Victoria Police need to get wiped out and start again. You know, just take the big bash broom to it, sweep the whole lot of crap out, start at the chief commissioner and work. Actually, no, as I said, start at the police minister. Um, but then again, hey, Neville's quit. Uh, so there's a new one in. I can't remember who the name of the new one is. Uh, you know, start with a broom again. Start at the top and, and work down to, uh, what did I say last time, superintendent level, something like that, and just get rid of them all uh, because, you know, th- this is the thing, despite, you know, being sworn officers and all that sort of stuff, um, once you get to a level of commissioner and assistant commissioner and all that sort of stuff, you're no longer a police officer. You're more of a politician and a bureaucrat. Um, so... Yeah, it, it, it political appointment. So, yeah, let's let's just get rid of it and, and start again. Um, and I think adding on to that, there was a um, uh, tweet that I mentioned um, about commented on about getting rid of um, uh, the, the police and the military. And I haven't had a chance to reply to it yet because I I did want to create it as its own tweet and give it the um, uh, it, attention that it deserves. So, okay, let's, you know, I honestly believe we should get rid of the police and the military. Um, you know, we can, we can get the military rid of the military. So what is the job of the military? To defend this country. Now, how can they defend their country when they're pissing off overseas and doing who knows what and spending billions of dollars on equipment that isn't going to work or isn't going to be right? What was it? Submarines aren't going to arrive till 2040 or something like that, um, and nuclear ones. So it, it's a thing. I just get rid of the defence force altogether. Um, get rid of it. Get rid of the Army, Navy, Air Force, everything related to it, and turn around and make the citizenry the defence force because no one's going to defend your home as much as what you can or as well as what you can. So it's the thing. Turn around and it's something that I think that we should be looking at, especially with the way that uh, certain countries are sabre-rattling towards other ones. Arm the population. Arm the population here. Make sure that they all do their service here um, and, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, what country with ill intent is going to invade another one when they know a majority of the civilian population is armed and has access to weapons. None. No country is going to do that because, I mean, look what happened in Afghanistan. 20 years and they still couldn't get it done. And these were supposedly backward goat farmers that, you know, stood up to, which at the time was the the biggest army in the world, the biggest defence force in the world, and yet they still left with their tail between their legs. So, you know what, and, you know, if you turned around and made the population, you know, turned around and and gave them some sort of, um, uh, I won't say national pride or patriotism or anything like that, it's something that they need to be proud of where they are and, uh, you know, get rid of this whole um, self-centred attitude and, you know, do things for the community and, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, get rid of that. Um, get these people to be, uh, you know, proud of where they are and 
Uh, give them a sense of purpose. That's it uh, for that. So you know that could solve solve the defence force problem. You won't need jets. You won't need submarines and all that sort of stuff because no one's going to come near the country because they know it is going to be a mess. Uh, so yeah, you can solve the defence force problem there. I mean, what is it? How many billions for a submarine? How many billions for the the jets and all that sort of stuff? Now you know that'll solve it. We're not sending um, you know. Corrupt politicians aren't sending people overseas to die for some bullshit cause. Uh, for that um, and all, you know. So, so yeah, there, there's that bit. Just get rid of the defence force altogether. Um, I don't think we should have it. Uh, I don't think it serves any other purpose than for uh, the population to be cannon fodder for the egos of uh, politicians. And then coming to the police, uh, get rid of it as well. Uh, bring back. You know, private property rights. You know, private property. My property, where I live, is is private property. I've got. If you own it, that's your property. If you're renting it, you've got a contract with the landlord to use it for whatever purposes you 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 know you're able to uh, within that contract. So that's contractual law there. Uh, and you know, even private property. You know, with your persons, your your how you are yourself. Uh, so get rid of all the bullshit mandates uh, and all that sort of stuff. Yes, that will mean decriminalisation of drugs and all that sort of stuff too. But then it's the thing. It's if done correctly and sadly that is going to be the problem here that it won't be done correctly. It'll end up something like um, San Francisco and and all those other places where uh, once drugs are being decriminalised, there's no... Um, uh, counter uh, program that gives these people who are likely to fall victim to drugs gives them something uh, of worth where they uh, you know can see some other reason for existing rather than uh, the misery that they're going through and also so it's a lot obviously it's a lot more complicated than that but yeah get, get rid of the police force all, you know, police force altogether because. As we've seen over the last two years, they don't give a whoop to you about us. All they're there for is to be the enforcement arm of the state. As I said in yesterday's episode, they arrived too late for, for a majority of things. Uh, we saw at um, what happened in Texas, uh, the, other, the, the, the school shooting, is that if they do arrive in time, they'll just sit there and wait because they're, they're following orders and, and all that sort of stuff. They won't... Uh, come in and, you know, protect anyone apart from themselves and the state. So we need to get past this. You know, as I said, private property rights, go down that path. If we do have to have a police force, have it as, you know, just some sort of a really small, narrow focus thing. Get rid of these bullshit traffic laws, um, obviously decriminalisation of... Um, uh, drugs and all that sort of stuff, how you'd get people away from it, well, obviously you'd have to get them focused on something else. Uh, as I said, it's, it's a lot more complex than I'm going to go into in just this episode, but get rid of it. Just get rid of the police altogether um, and all that. Prosecutions in trials, yeah, you don't know because then you give the courts legitimacy and the government's legitimacy because they've got to pass all the bullshit laws. Uh, you have a look at Every day that the government, every day that Parliament meets, they're passing laws, 
And do we really want that many laws or expanded laws to control our daily lives? No. There should just be a handful of ones, um, you know, private property rights, um, you know, thou shalt not kill and all that sort of stuff um, for that. So, yeah, it, it's the thing. I don't think Australian society is mature enough uh, to handle a society without a police force or a defence force. Um, I won't even say the defence force because they won't have any chance of defending this country against anything. Um, let's just say it's military. Uh, you know, maybe we would have been a hundred or so years ago. I don't think that we are now. We've gone too far down the cultural Marxist slash fascist um, uh, down that track where you know people are just so hooked up that the state has to provide for everything. Um, you know they'll acknowledge or they'll um, abide by bullshit state regulations by a bureaucrat that you can't go to work, you can't see your friends, you can't go and see whatever, you can't go shopping because you have to wear this face diaper. You can't go and hug someone. You've got to stay 1.5 metres apart. We all just swallowed that up. There was no genuine pushback. Um, so, yeah, and yeah, it, it's that thing. I'm not going to harp on it again because I've, I've said it a million times before is that I think we've become uh, too complacent and too reliant upon government where they turn around and, and shut us down. So we say, yep, all right. Let's hold the hand out. You've got to pay us to stay at home. Well, why do that? Why do that? Why turn around and say, yep, we're staying at home. Where's the money? Why not just turn around and say, nah, fuck you. We're not staying home. You've got no no moral authority to keep us home for a virus that has, what, a 99 or 98% something success uh, success rate, survival rate. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a thing. I really disappointed with how the, the, the general population behaved over the last two years. Yes, there were some groups that uh, stood up and, and did their bit and, you know, tried to push back and which was never going to happen. You were never going to be successful against the state because the state essentially has, you know, a bottomless pit of money. They've got a bottomless pit of resources that they can throw at you to, you know, to suppress you and oppress you. Uh, we saw that through the riots. You know, they sent the sons of God out, the, the soggies and the certs and the ports out for what were peaceful protests. People just walking around in high vis got crash tackled and, um, you know, were um, had rifles, you know, rammed into them. And where's, where's the accountability for that? Nothing's going to happen for that. And, and this is the thing. I think when the uh, election comes, that there needs to be a, a decent block of... Um, I'm not going to say freedom-friendly minor parties because some of them aren't freedom-friendly at all. Um, as you know, I've got my view on the Liberal Democrats. I don't think that they're really that freedom-friendly after all. Um, yes, they were opposed to the... Uh, legislation, uh, the, the pandemic bill and all that sort of stuff. But no, I, I don't think they're the libertarian. I think that they're more um, socialists in a suit rather than being libertarians, which are anarchists in a suit. 
I don't think they're that because of um, their views, uh, you know, just the little things that they say um, and all that. And, you know, they don't take the opportunity to delegitimise the government uh, at any chance that they get. And and this is what genuine libertarians will be doing is trying everything that they can to delegitimise the government, um, you know, in the eyes of the voters, whatever it is, and, and all that sort of stuff. And I don't think that they're doing it. They're just playing along with it. Maybe they enjoy the uh, the parliamentary wage that they're on. Uh, maybe they have bigger things. Who knows? But, yeah, I don't think the Liberal Democrats are, are the genuine libertarian party that they claim to be. Uh, so, yes, that that was a nice little rant there um, and all that. So what else is there? Um reading glasses on. Um, I don't think there's much else. I mean, we've got the countdown. Oh, no, I'm not going to talk about Trump because really um, it's not that relevant out here anymore. Yes, we know it's a it's a scam. Um, what is it, J6 inquiry, whatever they want to call it. Yes, it's a scam one. Um, serves no purpose other than to uh, try and... Uh, demonise him and turn around and just say, yep, it's, you know, it, it, it's more to turn the the fence-sitting voter away from the Republican Party because if Trump gets involved, oh, you know, he's this and he's that and everything else. Uh, but, you know, I, I did find the thing that was amusing where someone uh, testified that he got cranky and leant forward in the, mag- in the uh, limousine so he would have been putting his head in his body through that little, um, you know, that, that little bit where the privacy screen is there to try and reach the steering wheel of the beast and then, um, you know, had the, his hands against the throat of, of one of the Secret Service agents. Um, yeah, I saw that. And I saw that testimony and I thought, mate, you know, here we go. We're going into um, idiocracy again because there is no way Anyone in their right mind would have believed it. Yep, here we are. There's people that are believing it and just swallowing it up. Uh, So it just goes to show um, what sort of, um, uh, what is it, how things are and how much we believe or we want to listen to or we are going down, you know, just, yeah, with that. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just something that, that I don't know what's going on. But anyway, um, so, yeah, um, I think I might leave it here. Um, I've got some more stuff to rant about that I, I want to have a rant about over the next couple of days. Um, but I'll leave them as a bit of surprise um, and, and all that sort of stuff. So, Yes, I'll end it here, folks. Um, head on over to, if you can do me a favour, before you end finishing listening to this, head on over to wherever you get your podcasts and, and leave me the customary five-star review and leave comments and, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, as you know, that helps the algorithms because the algorithms are um, done in such a way that only those podcasts are listened to and commented on get bumped up and, and all that sort of stuff um, for that. So, yeah, you know, go and leave it the thumbs up. Thumbs down if you don't like it, man. No, 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 I'm happy, man. If, if 
if you don't like it, you think I'm just waffling about a load of crap, feel free to tell me. Uh, you can do it in a comment or send me an email on the contact form on uh, the 5th.s8 uh, for that. And, yeah, you know, see how we go. Uh, but anyway, as I said, thanks for listening. Uh, my name's Cameron Blewett and this was another episode of the 5th Estate Podcast. Uh, look forward to having you join me in the next one. Bye for now.